Hello, everybody, and welcome to Libromancy, a podcast about the magic of books. I'm Josh, and today I'm talking about the Dispatcher series by John Scalzi. So let's dispatch the magic of books. Now, these books, uh, I want to talk about these books for a minute. They are a fun little series, very exciting. They're very quick, though, and as far as I could tell, they were mostly audio only. You might be able to find an ebook for the first and second book, or for the first book at least, but I had a really, I couldn't find one. Or I didn't want to pay for it, so I just used to listen to it on audio, right? It was really well done. I liked it on audio. Like I said, I'm going to be talking about the entire Dispatcher series. Dispatchers, the Dispatcher book one, Murder by Other Means, which is book two. And I'm going to be talking about Travel by Bullet, which is book three. They're very quick, though. I think I knocked each one out in about a day. I think they're only five to eight hours long. I don't know exactly because I, I listen at a 1.75, and so... Remembering exactly how long it took me to to read them or listen to them is going to be a little more challenging for me. But these were a lot of fun books. Let's just uh, talk a little bit, try and do it non-spoilery. And this is a non-spoiler. This is kind of just basic premise of the world here. But the murder has been stopped, basically. If you are going, if you get murdered, there's a 999 chance out of 1,000 that you come back to life at your house, right? You come back somewhere safe is what it explains multiple times throughout the book series. So murder has basically been, you know, stopped except for that one in a thousand, one in a thousand chance, or, you know, as it implies with the second title of the book, murder by other means. And our main character is going to be a dispatcher, hence the name, the dispatcher for the book series, right? Now, let's just talk a little bit. I I thought these books were fun. They were fast. They weren't it's really tough to say they're not like super heavy like and this is not this is more to my shame than to the book shame i've forgotten most of the second book the first book i remember pretty well second book and eh, not so much third book because I, I just finished it i remember it pretty well this is not it's it's a light criticism that they're they're fun and engaging they really are like truly like popcorn reads where like you can pop it in you can listen to it and then it's just, you know, once it's done, it's done. It was fun. It's not bad. Super kind of, it was relaxing. I mean, I loved listening to Zachary Quinto. He's the narrator for these books. He did really good job, I thought. I don't listen to a ton of audiobooks, so I don't have a whole lot to compare it to. But I thought he did a really good job. I could tell who was talking without having to wait for him to say, you know, who was talking. And I really did just feel like immersed in this world. I mean, it's basically our world, except if you kill somebody on purpose, then you're going to most likely let them resurrect somewhere else, right? Or come back somewhere else. And nobody knows how, nobody knows why. They just know that it happens. So the writing, the style was good. I felt like we're, we're basically following our, our dispatcher, Tony Valdez, around as he investigates things. There was one little thing, I guess, that kind of happened in every book that I don't like. It, didn't, it really wasn't bad in this book, though, but it's the classic trope of, the main character knows something that the audience doesn't, and then he does a big reveal to everybody else, also informing us. I, I've seen it play out worse, and this one was fine. He usually gave you most of the clues. You could probably figure it out on your own. And there were parts that I kind of had thought about and was maybe figuring out, but in general, I just like it better when I can actually see all the clues. Like, you have that hidden clue, like, and he grabs the thing and put it in his pocket. And it's like, okay, well, what's the thing? That clearly can change quite a lot of things that are going to happen at the end of this book. If I knew what that was, that would be better for me. But like I was saying, this really only happens near the end of the book, kind of at our final climactic scene, so I'm not really too worried about it for the most part. Like I said, they're fun, they're short books, they're very simple, 
everything plays out kind of like you think. Like, murder didn't just go away 100%. Like, it just changed. Now it's a lot more drawn out and more manipulative and more painful. Let's, I'll just say it right there. All right, let's get into our spoiler section here. We're going to talk about this a little bit more in depth. I'm going to go over the kind of basics of the first three books that I... The first and only three books. Sorry, I don't know why I said the first three. There's only three. So let's talk about The Dispatcher number one. This is the first book. Our main character is Tony Valdez. He's a licensed dispatcher. And this was an interesting thought that I'd never really thought of before. But like the dispatchers, before I read the book, obviously, like they work in ERs and stuff. So if a surgery goes wrong and the patient starts dying, you know, it's not bad. I mean, that happens sometimes, right? The patient's too weak. Something went wrong. Uh, they didn't prepare for this. They can have the dispatcher dispatch the the person getting surgery. They show up at their house 999 times out of 1,000. You know, surgeon's obviously mad, but, you know, who wouldn't be mad? And then they're free to try the surgery the next day or the next week, you know, depending on how healthy they are and how healthy they feel or what happened in the surgery, right? And another thing to note is that the bringing you back process only brings your body back to where it was a couple hours ago. So it does not bring you back to immediate perfect health. So if you, you know, get your arm chopped off and then you wait a couple hours before you can kill yourself, get killed, right, then you will still resurrect without your arm. Now, if you kill yourself, that doesn't count, just to make sure that's clear. And nobody knows why or how. They just kind of just started happening one day. So I really like that thought. I mean, like, I wish we'd been able to see more of the whys and the hows. Or, like, what distinguishes it from murder when we're going to talk, uh, when this is from the second book, you know, the mafia could leave somebody in a, in a room, very far away, no food, no water. They starve to death, right? So that counts as a murder. And then they reappear at home, but with the same kind of dehydration conditions. And then they die again, but it's natural. It's like, well, I mean, technically that one's still a murder. It's just a murder by proxy. You know, you let them respawn and then they died because they had no food, no water, no nothing, right? So it's kind of a, there's no real hard and fast line. If you kill somebody, they're most likely going to come back. Now, our first story, you know, we're introduced to Tony Valdez working in the hospital. He has to successfully dispatch somebody, which he does. And then we learn that, um, you know, through the uh, police detective, Nona Langdon, who kind of works with Tony through all three books, that one of his dispatchers has gone missing. Or a friend of his, Jimmy Albert, has gone missing. He has to search and figure out and kind of piece the clues together of why. And I like that he's never like... He's never just like, oh, I'm going to tell you everything, Nona Langdon. And it's like, it's frustrating and it's not frustrating because it's like, you understand why. Because he's, sometimes he has to operate in a legal gray area. You know, if I see somebody get hit by a car and I don't think it, they can survive until the police get there or the ambulance gets there, I have to dispatch them. If I dispatch them and it fails, then it's not murder because he was trying to do his job and dispatch them. But like... Is it reckless? Is it too much? Say, and then he does, you know, some jobs on the side because being a dispatcher, a government worker obviously doesn't pay that well, right? So he sometimes has to go out and try and make some more money. And it turns out that Jimmy Albert had been working with a, and this is part of that kind of legal gray area. He'd been working with a husband and wife who are very rich and she got cancer. And so they kept trying different things. And every time the, tra the treatment would fail, Jimmy Albert would dispatch her. Well, one day she dispatches her. And she doesn't reappear in her bed. She reappears on a yacht in, like, the Caribbean, right, that they have. They finally bring her back. They go through it again. Now Jimmy Albert's missing. Nobody really knows why or how. And so it's up to our crew to get involved, right? Turns out, and this is, again, like, spoilers for the whole thing, but it's okay. We've 
I've talked about it for a while. And like I said, these are just fun. Just if you don't want to get spoiled, read it. It turns out that the wife had been feeling less and less safe at her house, right? Because she goes through a treatment, doesn't work, she gets dispatched. She goes through a treatment, doesn't work, she gets dispatched. She's tired, she's depressed, she just wants to live the rest of her life. She wants to be happy. It's not healthy, it's not working. Well, it turns out the husband, when she had killed herself, you know, he had dispatched her, but really she had pushed the button herself, killing herself. Um, the husband had called his kind of mob boss friend, a member of the Tunney family, who had kidnapped Jimmy Albert and they were going to kill him. Now Tony gets involved and Nona Langdon gets involved and he's like, look, I found this evidence. It's not, you know, it takes it to the husband. He's like, your wife wanted to die. She was so sad. But you kind of let your rage get ahead of you and had him kidnapped before he could give you the message, which I just thought was like sweet justice. That's so funny. Like, oh yeah, you were going to get this nice message and your wife was going to tell you how you, she felt and you almost killed the guy who was going to give it to you. It was a fun story. Um, let's go to number two. Number two is he is kind of working again or trying to work there's not a lot going on so he's doing some more kind of off the book stuff oh I'll go to a party and everybody will take you know uh, heavy drugs if anybody looks like they're about to die or like choke to death then I have to kill them you know and then they always have to have like a suicide note just in case they're the one in the thousand that doesn't make it um, while Tony's depositing his paycheck there's a bank robbery that doesn't go well and the robbers end up shooting each other to flee, except one of the robbers does not actually get dispatched. He just dies straight up. This one is kind of a, a run to figure out what the mystery is. And this one did have a little bit more mystery elements to it. It kept it more mysterious, more like, hey, try and figure out this, the clues. Here's certain clues here. Here's certain clues here. And, you know, we also learned that this is, again, later involving the Tunney family. Somebody's trying to make a business deal and cut him out. Tony is able to solve the mystery with a little bit of help from the Tunney family. And this one was funny because Tony keeps being accused of being the murderer. But I just love Tony's attitude. He's like, I'm not the murderer. If I was the murderer, I would do something like this, or I wouldn't do this. Like, I'm not involved in the bank robbery. And everybody's like, yeah, but you texted that guy who was a member of the bank robbery, you know, and he asked if you wanted to do a job. And you said, and then, you know, we didn't hear you. You had a call. And he's like, yeah, I called. I asked about the job. He said something, something. I said, no, and I'm not part of it. He's like, well, but you were at the bank when it went down. He's like, I was just there. Come on, you guys. Like, you guys know me, but again, his half-truths are coming to bite him in the butt here. So it was really fun. I liked it a lot. But like I said, this one's kind of the one I have the shakiest memory of. And then the dispatcher number three. This one was interesting. A tech billionaire um, commits suicide. They're trying to investigate that. They're investigating why... Uh, who was going on in this one? I am sorry, you guys. Like, I <laughs> I should remember this more. I just finished it yesterday or the day before. Basically, this is a scheme between the rich. They're using these Bitcoins to kind of funnel their bad activities. But it turns out, you know, everybody's onto them. The FBI are and the cops are. It was really funny. Um, well, okay, what happens in this one is his friend Mason it jumps out of a moving car. Mason has to be dispatched. He doesn't feel like there's anywhere that could be safe for him. So he's like, I don't know what's going to happen if I get dispatched. I'm just going to get put in their arms. He goes to the hospital where Tony is. You know, he gets taken to the hospital where Tony is. And Tony's like, well, it's okay. You could, you'll be safe at my house, you know, in not so many words. He gets dispatched. Now he moves to, you know, he's back at Tony's apartment. Then this sets off a race for people to, you know, find Mason, find his friend Mason, and then to also figure out who was he trying to get away from? Why is he? Why did he have to get away from them? Who killed or who theoretically pushed 
the tech billionaire to kill himself. This one was a lot of fun, had a lot of Bitcoins and cryptocurrency. And something I think John Scalzi does a lot in these books is he's really pushing pushing an agenda sounds bad, but he's really able to critique a lot in this. You know, he, he's really like hammering hard on Bitcoins and cryptocurrency in this one. In the fir- And uh, he talks a lot about medical decisions are not necessarily always best just because you can do them. You know, he makes a point of saying doing something feels better than doing nothing, but doing something doesn't mean you're doing something good. It means you're doing something, right? And so he likes to push these, and I liked in this the third book. There is a an op a thing where the buyer and the seller, you know, uh, Tony on one side, uh, tech guy on the other side, they're both doing a sting operation on each other. Okay, we'll sell to him, then we'll arrest you. And so Tony's getting arrested by the FBI, and they're like, "You have the right to remain silent. We knew you were in on this. You're going down." And he's like, "Oh shoot, come on, you guys! Like this, you've got to be kidding me!" And he's like, "Look over there at your buddy." And they turn and look, and they see their tech guy getting arrested by Nona Langdon and the uh, police. And they're like, oh, oh, my gosh. And so they have to, you know, coordinate and work together. And then it was just funny. Like, it, it's a clear critique of that, where that, that has happened before in real life, right? It's crazy, and it's silly that it does, but it has. So I, I thought these books were a lot of fun. They're very silly. They're very, uh, they're, they're very, they can have some meaningful parts, though. Not, they, I mean, when I say they're silly and they're great, there's also some meaning behind them and some depth. I think amazing works of fiction, you know, the likes to stand the test of time for thousands of years. No, but they're good. They're not bad. So, but I think that is going to wrap up my discussion of the Dispatcher series. A lot of fun. Everybody should read it. It's simple. It's not graphic. It's a good, easy listen. So thanks for listening to me, though, and thanks to David Hillowitz for the intro and outro music. Of course, if you have any questions or comments, please send those to libromancypod at gmail.com. Please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. And remember to dispatch the magic of books. Mm-hmm.